Welcome to the Blends, Breaks, and Blends that Shape Our Future podcast. I am your host, Troy Rice. Creativity is often taught as a solo practice, and therefore a person that is good at drawing or music is said to be creative. But creativity for kids as well as adults is not limited to the creative arts. Most things we value in life today did not derive from an original idea, but rather concepts that have been blended, broken, or blended. A result from disciplined focus, connecting big picture insights with rigor and testing and small variations. This podcast is to inspire you to create your future, a future you can be proud to live in. On this podcast, you will learn creative practices, stories from creatives themselves, and creativity and history. Looking to get started with an idea? Visit troyrice.life and join a creativity group sharing your idea for thoughtful and rapid feedback to help you create your future. All right, now go blend, break, and blend our world, your world. Enjoy the show. All right, welcome to episode one of the Bends, Breaks, and Blends that Shape Our Future podcast. Many ideas are never shared, and because of it, we all lose. History shows us that very few ideas, and even great ideas, are original. They represent bends, breaks, and blends of existing concepts, iteration, and innovation at its core. On the show, we will cover 365 days of ideas, creative exercises for adults and kids, interviewing creatives from all walks of life that have, continue, have and continue to bend, break, and blend our futures through their own ideas and inventions, and provide some creations in history that represent ideas that have been shaped through blending, breaking, and blending. On today's show, we have a remarkable creative in the music, video, and film production space, Josh Sikama. Josh is a director and a creative savant focused on bridging the gap between Grand Rapids, Michigan, and Los Angeles. Josh is a music video director for some of the biggest names in R&B, including Snoop Dogg and Maya. He has also directed a short film called Something in the Clouds and is the co-founder and owner of Black Pigeon Studios in Grand Rapids. Josh, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. Yeah. So the first thing we ask all of our guests is, what does creativity mean to you? Uh, creativity and the macro, it, it's, um, to me, is just using that part of your brain that uh, makes you wonder and dream. Um, and specifically in the micro, to me, it, creativity is getting out there every day and just making something, um, whether that's making somebody uh, smile through an interaction or, you know, making a movie. Um, but creativity to me is how I vocalize love and passion and, and what I do. Yeah, beautiful, man. So so let's dig into that. So wh- where did this start for you? Like as a kid, uh, like when did you start to just feel this innate desire to, to create? Yeah, it's, it's funny. I think um, I used to always have the camera when I was a kid. I'd always run around with my like family's like VHS camera or um, I'd always like make these little, you know, thing, you know, little like short films or whatever, you know, you would call it um, on the family's um, video camera. Um, I would document things with a camera, uh, just a photo camera and do whatever I could when I was a kid of just like, you know, I, I didn't realize it, but I was exercising that part of my brain. Um, and, and that's kind of where it just sparked, you know, in high school, I um, found my way into the um, communications. They have like this little studio 
Um, it's actually, it was, it, it's a beautiful studio uh, where I went uh, at Forest Hills Eastern in Grand Rapids and they had a beautiful program you could go through and, um, you know, you could start, um, you know, as a beginner, like nobody and work your way up into like, you know, uh, handling all these big cameras and working at the studio, you know, and being enamored by all the lights. Um, so I think the minute I stepped in there, you know, um, that's when everything started clicking for me. I started skipping lunch um, every hour. I'd come to school early just to get to the studio. You know, like it, it became a thing where I was like, oh, wow, this is this is it for me. You know, this is what I'm interested in um, is storytelling. And then um, and, and now looking at it, it's like, wow, I literally just happened to walk into my dream and what I always wanted to do. And, it, and I was very fortunate and blessed to to know what I've always wanted to do. Um, you know, everybody always pinpointed, oh, Josh is going to do something creative. Um, and, and so kind of going off of that, I was like, you know, listening to my heart and listening to other people. And I'm like, wow, I am, I am a creative. I just, you know, to me, it's put on such a, a high level, you know, like a pedestal to yeah. be a creative that I, I almost didn't classify myself as, as worthy of that title. Um, mm -hmm. But as I started working that, that, that craft and, and really refining it and coming out of high school, I made a career out of it. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, it was a very exciting time when I was young to develop that so early. Um, and then, you know, later on in life, I learned, oh, okay, you know, I kind of have a head start. Yes, because I know what I want to do, but I have to refine that skill either way. So yeah, it was, uh, that's, that's how I found my, my creative passion. Well, what was great about that too, and one thing I've, I've learned in speaking in schools is like, we, we develop these labels of ourselves based on the people we hang out with, right? And like in your case, the demonstration of you being creative helped people label you as a creative, made you think more focused on what you wanted to do. But for many of us, it's the opposite, right? You go through school and if somebody says you're not good at something or you're not something, you slowly believe that. And that's kind of the bad path to go on to not discovering your true self. Uh, and so let, let's dig into that just a little bit, because it's one thing for somebody to tell you creative, but it's another thing for you to build on that and then eventually make this amazing career out of it. And so can you share a little bit about, you know, not only the fun and the passion as you're a kid and building that, but like, where does that come from and how you build on that now? Like, how do you maintain a, a creative lifestyle uh, and doing the things that you love? Um, so now it, it's turned into, you know, um, a career, you know, and this happened, I say now, as of seven years ago, I've been in um, Los Angeles. Um, and even before that prior, I worked in television news. So I had been creating. You know, I had been focused. Um, I think now it's a, it's now a moneymaker, I guess, you know, it's a, it's a yeah. career. It's a, it's something that I can feed, you know, myself and um, you know, my family off of. So I think um, as I started to develop that, I think you learn how to um, just like anything creative, it's hard to um, evaluate and, and kind of quantify your art. You know, it's like a tough, it's not like an easy, you know, set in stone, you know, hand to hand transaction. This is $5, you know, and this is $10 and this is a hundred dollars. There's no, there's no way to quantify sometimes. And it's, it's tough. So I think, you know, as I started navigating it, I took the more generic route, you know, um, I guess, you know, conventional route of, of getting a nine to five, you know, a corporate job. 
But in there, I learned how to kind of quantify and in a weird way, because it's, you know, working in television news and working in film are two completely different things, but they have very like-minded principles. So I think, um, you know, just like being able to work up to it. And there was a big insecurity there, you know, for me is, is mm. trying to like, Oh, how do I charge people for this? You know? And now I know what I'm worth, you know, and, and I have to fight a lot of times for what I'm worth. Um, but, you know, just like we all do, you know, but um, I think it's just a, it's just a different, um, you know, working in the creative film um, or creative field in general is already such a different um, career path, you know, as far as hand-to-hand transactions and, and sending invoices and, and, and quantifying your art, you know, but when you get to a comfortable level of having, you know, a repertoire built, right, you have your portfolio, you know, you have um, something to physically show somebody you're real, um, well, you could say, well, I've worked on this, 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 and this is how I quantify what I'm worth. Um, so I think it became real for me um, as I started actually seeing an, uh, a career that I was passionate about, that I thought was fun, turn into, you know, something that could be, sus- you know, sustaining for me. Yeah. So in the beginning, too, you mentioned how it fills you with love and passion. And I thought that was powerful, right? Because mm-hmm. it's one thing to like to do something you enjoy. It's another thing to say, well, I don't enjoy my job, but it pays the bills, right? But for you to say what I do actually fills me with love, that is a huge deal. And so when you say that, like, where does that place come from? Because when you create, like, is it the feeling that you have that what you're doing is less like a job and it's really, you are creating your own legacy, your own imprint on the world. And by that, you're, you're delivering love for yourself and others. Is that, is that kind of where you explore that at? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, as a director, as a creative, you have to have empathy. You have to lead with empathy. Um, if you're not empathetic, how are you ever going to understand story and somebody else's story, right? Um, the way I gain love is just like I said, it is sharing my project, sharing my work, but then also um, experiencing it. You know, um, I'm working on a documentary right now where I get to focus in on um, some people very, very close to me, you know, it's very repairing for relationships or understanding and getting through the day. Um, love is all around in the creative field, you know, and I think that's the one thing that us creators, um, you know, when we kind of give some pushback is because we're so attached to in love so much what our project is. Um, I had a friend that told me before we got into making the short film, something in the clouds, uh, which we, you know, uh, shot and, um, and delivered last year. They said that making a film is like making a kid and that kid and that feeling will never go away from, especially from your first film. And um, I think experiencing that um, is, it's completely true one and two that, kid will always evolve in your mind and you can always do better. There's more you could have done or, you know, um, but what's great is that it lives forever. So I'd like to think that, you know, not to get too sappy here, but you know, like it is an extension. Art is an extension of your love of your heart. You know, I think I'm just so fortunate and blessed to do what I do that. I just feel like it's a great way for me to communicate my love or communicate other people's love and other people's stories um, through, you know, film. Um, and, and to be able to do that is like, to me, that's, again, I, it clicked for me, man, that was my passion. And so, you know, looking back at it now, it's like, yeah, that's, you know, that's how I get through a lot of my trauma or get through, 
maybe some um, some experiences that I've had or others have had. Um, you know, storytelling, we a lot of times live in the world of make-believe, right? So mm-hmm. we can make up those stories. So it can be repairable, you know, for your heart, for your soul, who you are. Um, so I think, you know, standing on principles too, uh, a lot of times you're able to communicate who you are through a film, you know, and you don't have to come out and say it right away, but you could say it through your art. So yeah, it's very special, man. It's it's one of those um, career paths that I, like I told you, you know, it's, I can't believe that I get paid to do this. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's, it's so much fun. And yeah, there's a business, you know, it's not all fantasy. Um, there is a, you know, a hard business side to it, a side that you need to stick up for yourself. But for the most part, you know, just being able to wake up every day and create is just, an, it's an, an amazing thing. And it's a, a great way to lead with your heart and show the world who you are. Yeah. So before we got into this interview today, we were talking a little bit about um, fear and fear is the aspect of like where you live and how that might impact the way that you think. Uh, maybe the ability to create or, you know, even at its genesis, just thoughts, like being able to take thoughts and do something with it. And so walk, walk us through a little bit about maybe the fears of jumping into the creative world early on. Let's call it like 19 when you first developed your first project, mm-hmm. right? all the way till now, like having high profile um, clients and, and production and what it feels like to step onto a set for the first time with new people and try to, you know, create this masterpiece. And so walk us through, you know, as a, as a young kid and then to now uh, and how you navigate those fears uh, to make it happen. Yeah. So the, the first fear that I had <laughs> was I dropped out of a community college that I went to for about a month. I don't even think I lasted that long, <laughs> um, but I, I dropped so quick little story. I, they have a preloaded card, a visa card, a credit card that the government gives you a $5,000 FAFSA loan, right? Yeah. You have to pay it. You know, it's a low interest uh, loan that you could pay back. And, and since, you know, my parents made uh, a, a certain amount of money, um, but obviously none of that was coming to me. They couldn't pay for my, you know, college or anything, um, you know, and I lived at their house. They, you know, the government saw, oh, you're fit to go to college and you don't need any kind of assistance. And so um, I had to skip out on a lot of, you know, places that I did want to go. I wanted to go to a local film school. I wanted to go to somewhere a little bit more specialized. But so anyway, I got thrown into a community college. Um, not to say like that, that can't be a great pathway for somebody. It definitely could. It uh, just wasn't for me. So, so not even a month. And I ended up, I ended up walking off. And uh, when I left, I met the threshold of the, um, so if you signed up for all these classes, you had like a 90 day, it was like something like 60, 90 days. And, and so the, they would cut how much money you would get back if you dropped those classes. Well, I ended up meeting the threshold and got all the money back. Um, and that is the money that I went out and bought my first camera and laptop with. Um, so it's kind of funny. I, dropped college but then went and bought the resources that i felt <laughs> you know was my college um okay so the yeah to get into your question that right there the fear was failing and falling flat on my face because uh keep in mind i i just dropped all my classes i hadn't told my parents yet and then i went out and took that money and bought a camera and a laptop you know it's just asinine right so um you know my fear was Okay, Josh, that was a bold move. That's amazing. You know, I, I look back at, back at it now and I'm like, wow, I can't believe I did that. Like insane, right? Um, now sitting here, 
and being like, okay, I got this thing, you know, I got these devices that I know will make what I want to make. Now, where do I go from here? You know, I got to make some money. I got to make something shake. What do I do? Um, Which led me into being able to show kind of proof of concepts to uh, a local news organization. Um, I I ended up working at a local NBC station um, in Grand Rapids and I got my first job. And, um, you know, I became a photojournalist, had a great four-year career there, and that was like my college. So I think the fear there was failing, right? Um, falling flat on my face. I don't know what to do. You know, I don't, I'm starting from zero, and I know I want to get to 60. I just don't know how to get there. Um, and now coming out to, you know, Los Angeles and, and trying to, I guess, this is where people solidified as big time, right? This is kind of, uh, this is the bit in the major leagues, right? So, um, coming out here, it's completely different. You know, I'm in a whole new city. I'm, I'm in a place where nobody knows me back home. Everybody knew me, you know, I made a great name for myself and now coming out here, it's starting all over again, but magnify that times 10. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, get out here and, and now you're trying to compete and it's not like, um, it's not like how it was in Michigan In Michigan. It was like, oh, there's, you know, a job here, a job there. And, you know, it's like, no, you have to pay rent and rent is crazy. You know, the cost of living is crazy. So, um, you know, that just took some time, you know, to, to really build my confidence and then go back to what we were talking about earlier is learning how to, mon- you know, monetize and, and quantify my art, you know. And then, you know, as the confidence starts building up, stepping on your first real set in L.A., I think that was another one because I was just running around doing, you know, viral videos, doing whatever I could, traveling to wherever. I was barely even in L.A. in my first three years. I used to tour uh, when I worked at a record label. Um, So I was just barely even here. I just called L.A. my home base. So stepping on that first real set in L.A., um, you know, it's it's there's so many like. how do I want to say this? It's just, it's kind of like a uh, preconceived notion. Like everybody's like, Oh, you're on a big film set. You got to act a certain way. You know, you got to be, you know, you got to hold yourself. It's like, no, it's the office, you know? And it, it doesn't turn into the office until later on in life when you've been on a million different sets and you like, you know, and you're used to it sitting in that chair and, and working with, you know, your team. Um, that's also another component. You know, I had to find my team. I had to find my tribe and, 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 you know, those people, when I step into the office, it's like, Oh, it's good to see you again, Jack. It's good to see you again, Ashley. You know, it's like, it is, this is the, you know, family type atmosphere, you know, it's just like working a nine to five. Um, so I think, you know, just like anything, you know, it takes time, you know, it just takes time to like yeah. be in the office to get to know your coworkers and then you're comfortable with them. And then it feels like home when you step into the office, you know, um, the best part about the set, I will say just a set stepping on a set, it's different every time and your background's different every time, you know, nothing's the same. So um, I think, you know, some of the formalities too, you know, just knowing the chain of command and, and, and where you fit in that chain, Obviously, the director and the producer are the on the top of that chain. Um, but, you know, a set can be three people. A set can be 90 people, you know. Um, just knowing how, how to ha- have that confidence of three and 90 at scale, you know. Um, being in the room and treating the, pe- you know, the people and the 90 people you're with the same way you would 
goes close three if the if it was a small set you know mm-hmm. so i think the the principle of um of a set and walking on the set and maybe some of the fear of failing in front of all these people because it's so formal i think some of the um some of the things you deal with and tackle with that fear kind of breeds that oh i can, we're all in this together you know we're all doing they're they're feeling the same you know, they don't know me, you know, this is the first time they worked with me or this person's worked with me for 10 years and, and they really know me, you know, so they're very confident, you know? Um, so I think some of the fear too might be good because if we didn't have that, we would step on set and be too comfortable, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think there's always like, you know, we get the, um, before I always tell my co-director, Johnny, when we're, when we're working, like, man, are you nervous? <laughs> like nervous? Yeah, I'm a little nervous too, you know? And I think uh, even going back home, I think, you know, there's some nerves of getting that first shot. Um, but when that first one's out of the way and you're like, all right, let's run it again. It's like kind of, you know, you, those jitters come, come down. Um, it's a lot like playing in like, you know, if you ever played at some kind of, you know, um, level of athleticism, but uh, like, you know, even playing in a high school game, you know, you have those first jitters of, you know, that first up, you know, maybe if you're playing baseball, um, it's the same type of feeling, you know, you just kind of got to shake those off and get back into the rhythm. And then, um, and it's great because there's also fear of dealing with different things that happen on set, whether it be rain or, you know, uh, equipment failure or talent, you know, working with talent or things you just can't control, you know, um, there's a fear there, you know, Oh, I'm praying that we don't have rain today because, you know, this shot needs bright blue skies. Well, if it does rain, how are you going to deal with it? You know, and, and how can you adapt your art to that? You know, how can you adapt the creative to, to what's happening around you? So I think that fear it's, it's great to have, you know, I, I live in that type of moment. I really own it. You know, I love it because it kind of gives, you know, when you're kind of shooken up a little bit, it gives you a little off balance. And I'd always say, I'd like to say that I'm great off balance. You know, like uh, if I kind of sometimes even I know like self-sabotage a little bit just because I know I'm better off balance. And so I kind of love that. I love um, problem solving and and critical thinking, right? And how are we going to pivot? So yeah, fear does play a big factor, whether it's, um, you know, all the way back from when I was 19 to to now. And um, and it's how you adapt. And, and again, going back to what I was saying, it's, it's about leading with your heart. And as long as you're pure in the way you're creating, um, everything will work out for you. Yeah. So, so what, what builds mental toughness for Josh? Cause like when you're talking about tackling that fear and almost like creating some self-sabotaging fear for yourself on set or on, on, um, in the middle of production, what does Josh practice at home so that he can be mentally tough in all these situations? Or can you also share like some creative exercises that you might do like journaling or anything like that, that might help people that are just getting started uh, in this creative journey to wherever it's going to take them. Yeah. I'm actually, um, I'm actually working on my new year uh, resolutions right now of getting into that. Um, I actually just bought my first journal um my co-director Johnny um you know he was like man you don't write and I'm like man I never even thought of writing and mm-hmm. there's been a lot of things um I will say this last two years there's been a lot of chaotic moments for me um mm-hmm. honesty moment I have a routine in the morning that I follow 
but it's been one of those years where it's like, it's been such a travel intensive last two years. It's even with COVID, it's been such a off balance year. I've had to really put a lot of things in play and I've gotten a lot done, you know, especially with the studio and everything, but, you know, getting into that rhythm, getting into creative writing and, and I want to write more. Um, and that's what Johnny's helping me with is, is he's a writer director. He, he writes most of our stuff together that we do together. So, um, I want to get more into that. You know, I want to use exercise that a little bit more. Now I can say as far as um, my talents with the camera, I, every day, you know, even on an iPhone, um, shoot something every single day, even if it's something stupid, um, you know, something stupid, like a bird flying away off of a tree, but it looked cool and the lighting was cool. That's, that's one of the things I can say I do really well is I actively practice that. Because I love it. I, I love it. I love, you know, just using a camera. Um, and I, again, that goes back to when I was a kid, you know, just using it because it's fun for me. You know, uh, the creative writing, I think, is, is an exercise that I'm going to have to get used to, right? Journaling. That's going to be something that I have to push myself. But that's, that's what I want to do because it'll exercise that part of the brain that I don't use. And so, or I need to get back to using, you know. So, um, Mental wise, you have to, you know, I was rooted in, in Michigan um, um, at a very young age to just do right by people always to, you know, be that person when other people need you, you know, really be there for them mentally. Um, I'd like to say I'm pretty mentally tough. Um, I've gone through a lot of different things over my years. And, and I think being that one consistent, I will say about myself, I'm, I'm very mentally consistent. You know, I'm very consistent in being a good friend, um, a good person. I'd like to think, I'd hope um, that I'm a good person. I'm consistent out here. Um, and when you're consistent in Los Angeles, um, it shakes people up sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't always the most consistent um, place, you know, for consistent people. This doesn't, you know, sometimes you're an anomaly and you have to protect that, you know, and and we can get into that more, but, you know, as far as that goes, letting your light shine through what you're doing, you know, that's what I believe in and, and being that person um, when other people need you to be there and not so much for yourself, but for others. And, and that goes into my work too, and what we're creating. I think a lot of the, the visually um, striking things that I'm doing um, in, in the directing world um, to me resonates with me because it's myself shining through. So, um, you know, mentally you have to be tough, especially in this world, in the world we live in, um, Los Angeles is a very melting pot place, you know, with a lot coming at you always. So, um, you have to be mentally tough. And then in, you know, in the macro and the business and what we do, um, you have to be tough, you know, you have to be built for this. Um, and, and, and by saying built for this, you have to have your layers, you know, you have to. You have to have a foundation, you know, you have to have, you know, some kind of faith, whatever that may be. That's what I believe, um, you know, faith in something or someone and you have to hold yourself accountable. You know, I think that's something that a lot of people don't want to talk about is, you know, really being there and being like, oh, that was my bad. You know, I that shot, you know, or oh, that was my bad. And I made a mistake in the budget here, you know, take it out of my rate, you know, um, 
but just doing that, you know, holding yourself accountable and, and then being that person that everybody needs that light. I think that's, that's what makes this world go around out here. Oh, that's perfect, man. So I, it sounds like you're picking up journaling now from a uh, book perspective. Are you a, yeah. a avid book reader and what's some favorites of, of yours? Um, you know, I'm work. Um, I think it's the four hour work, the work week. Yeah, I'm like I'm watching or I'm, I'm audio booking that right now. Um, nice. just because I had a friend, I had a friend that's like a, you know, no brainer. Um, I've actually, I haven't, I haven't, I've been in such a, this past year, I was in such a go, go, go entrepreneurial mode. Um, we built Black Pigeon Studios, which is in Grand Rapids. Um, it's a 3,600 square foot um, facility for creatives to rent, um, studio space uh, for photographers, um, filmmakers, creators um, of all sorts. So I think I was in such an entrepreneurial mode, right? Build, 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 try to scale as much as possible this year and just get the, you know, the wheels turning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of got so, you know, when you do something for so long and you're like, ah, oh, I just want to get back to like what I do. I direct for a living. Right. So I, I I'm creative constantly. Um, now entrepreneurial journeys like that one, like building a brick and mortar, you know, from start to finish and seeing a project through that's creativity in a whole other way, but that's a lot of business. Right. So I think, um, well, actually I know for the next four months, I'm going to take a break from anything business related, anything reading, um, I've been watching so many films, whether they're, you know, old, um, old films that I should have watched, say, if I went to film school off the AFI 100 list, or I'm just watching off the wall stuff or stuff that I really, really love that I can see us kind of maybe um, aligning with, you know, in, in future stories. So mm-hmm. I think I'm, I'm focusing on being so creative again, because I felt like I was creative in a business sense. Now I want to be creative in a creative sense, I guess, you know, it's like, yeah. it's a weird way to put it, but you know, when, if you're in my field, you understand it. Cause you're like, Oh, dollars and cents and sending invoices and all this, it can become very draining, you know? Um, and I think that's what people don't talk about enough either when it comes to this business is like, it's one thing to be like creative. Right. And do I say, I do a commercial for you, but now I got to be my own business person. Right. So I have to like, you know, do all my taxes. I have to produce everything. I have to send you the invoices and check up on them. And it can be so much, you know, it can be so taxing. I think right now it's just one of those things where I just want to be free. I just yeah. want to want to journal for a couple months. I want to watch films. I don't want to think about anything, you know, minute like that dollars and cents, even though I have to constantly, it's like the, the least amount I can <laughs> is the best is building that studio, man. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was definitely, um, I was in over my head and I don't realize it, but it's beautiful now. Um, it's just like anything, you know, you jump into it, um, feet, you know, uh, feet and head going right into it. And I tackled it and, you know, we made it, we made it come alive and it's a beautiful space, but I think I just got so, you know, I got so overwhelmed and so drained, um, with the business side of things. I'm just ready to kind of now step back and, and maybe go put a foot forward to again, what I do, which is direct. Yeah. So, so two things there. One, you really touched on uh, the genesis of the show too, which is the breaking and the blending, right? Because from a producer uh, standpoint, and this probably goes back, you know, hundreds of years ago or whenever film started was 
the original film production was just a straight roll, right? They didn't have the cutting scenes and everything. So when they would transition between scenes, it would just be the person yep. transitioning between scenes, right? And then the first break was when somebody decided that they were going to actually parcel two scenes together where it would cut over to somebody in another room. And one thing that I, I've learned when I was uh, learning a little bit about creativity and history was the first replay, like the first um, football game that was televised yeah. where they cut the segment live and they had to explain it to everybody that was watching because they didn't want them to assume that the other team scored again and that it was a new technology where they were able to pause the live broadcast and replay it on screen. And so I wanted to bring that up here in this case too, because that's, these are the concepts that continue to shape our world. But oftentimes when people think of ideas, they think it has to be original, right? They think this has to be the first thing that ever came up. Uh, this has to be the first thing that people ever think about, but it's really not like everything started from someplace that's been blended together over time. And basically what you were alluding to there is watching old films, learning different styles, and then blending that into your creative arts that you do with video production and everything else. And that is creativity at its finest. So I wanted to call that out to people because sometimes that stops them from, from taking a step forward. Yeah. Um, yep, I agree. The next one though, let, so real quick, like I, I'd love to have you share the vision behind Black Pigeon Studios and where it comes from, like creating that space in Grand Rapids, the intentionality of where you want to create the vision for people that want to get in the same space as you from a young age, uh, whatever that looks like, using the studio to kind of, to kind of get started on their journey. And so can you share with our listeners, like what is that vision you're trying to create there? Yeah, so Black Pigeon Studios um, was an idea that um, myself and my two other business partners, Thomas Blunt and, um, and Johnny McLean, um, when we came up with the idea, I guess it was me bringing up maybe a monetization factor that we could have as a group, right? Um, and so I was like, oh, the studio would be great and we could do it in Michigan, you know? And they're like, what? And I was like, yeah, in Grand Rapids. And they're like, oh, wow, there's a need for it. And I was like, well, let's, let's go find out. Um, I believe so in my heart, you know. And so I ended up selling them on it. And we found the right spot um, that just felt like home. And, and now it's up. And I think the idea behind it was at least what I envisioned was that it was going to be a place where the community could really call a hub, a creative hub, whether you're $100 an hour photographer or you're a director that makes a thousand dollars an hour i wanted a place where you could bump into the same people right mm -hmm. uh, a place without bias uh, a place that would be like come come work out of our studio we provide industry standard um technology right and we're equipment you know we're, we're giving you the la feel in grand rapids and the beauty about that is and I don't want to dwell on so much of LA being in Grand Rapids than more Grand Rapids being Grand Rapids. And, and the fact that that city deserves that level of business because there's amazing filmmakers, amazing um, production companies that are in the city. Um, Black Pigeon, I wanted to make, um, and there's also studios that exist already there. I just wanted to create a space where we could all kind of bump into each other. I think, um, you know, when we were talking about when I was 18, 19 years old, right? And I had got that camera and the laptop 
had I known Black Pigeon Studios was a thing back then, it would have changed my life. You know, I would have been able to go intern there and see, you know, because think about the studio, somebody's working in it constantly. There's something being made constantly every single day, which is incredible. Um, So again, let's go to that $100 an hour photographer to $1,000 or even, you know, $1,000 creative or even the intern that's 18, 19 years old, you know, that doesn't know where to go. Let's take that and put them in, in one room. And what happens, the synergy, you know, that happens there. Uh, what's so beautiful about Black Pigeon is you can come in and from start to finish, you can have a product um, and leave with a product. You know, um, you can, our guys, our men and women that are there, we have interns, you know, crew members, all working together, but they are creators. That's the difference. They're, they're creators, they're creatives, they're um, crew members, they're lighting, grip, directors, editors, visual effects people. They're all in one building and they're creating constantly. So it's like their home. So when you come in as a creative, it's like, oh, you work on this? Oh, I didn't even know you were in Grand Rapids. That's what I want. That's really what I wanted, you know? And then I met my business partners, Thomas Blunt and, and John McClain and um, when we all met together, it shifted and became this beautiful cultural thing where this movement where it's like everybody that, you know, is different culturally, you know, so diverse. And we all meet into this one place, you know, and maybe it opens up um, a little bit of a pocket of people that would never even interact with each other. You know, let's go outside of just the film and what we're even there for, but just humans actor, you know, interacting with other humans in that beautiful moment of creating art. And that's what John and, and Thomas brought into it is that worldly perspective saying, Josh, this is, you know, this is also what we see, you know? And, and so now there's uh, this, this amazing thing we're starting right now, which are our um, speaking engagement series. Uh, where we're going to have a, um, we're going to have this great dynamic because our, our mantra is building um, uh, and bridging the gap between LA and, and Grand Rapids. Notice how I didn't say, you know, making Grand Rapids LA or making LA Grand Rapids, it's bridging the gap, you know, so fusing the two. Right. So what we're going to start doing, yeah, it's great. And, and, and so we're going to fly out somebody from LA you know, a big time producer, actor, you know, somebody influential in the, in the industry, we're going to have them come in and then we're going to have the Grand Rapid, Grand Rapids creators, influencers, incubators, um, people that are movers and shakers, right? We're going to have them in one room at Black Pigeon, you know, and we're going to have, you know, a little small, you know, invite only 50, 60 people come in and they can listen, you know, and then you get to walk away with, um, you know, scale, you know, you get to, here's LA, here's Grand Rapids, you know, or Michigan in general. And, and the beautiful thing about that is they can cohesively live in the same space. And then at the end, you know, we, we're going to feature like tech that's in our studio. Um, we just did a partnership with Blackmagic um, Design and uh, some of their products are going to be featured at the end. So we're going to give you um, a lesson if you've never worked on this piece of technology, you know. So for whether it's going to be two to three hours you're getting um, so much value, you know, so much more than just, again, just being a studio to where things are created. It's almost giving you, you know, school, you know, and and so when I think about Black Pigeon and what it really is, is it's exactly what I needed when I was 18, 19 years old. That was the mission, you know, Um, whether even if, even if I couldn't afford to rent 
there and working there because I didn't have clients or anything, just knowing that that was a possibility, seeing creatives, you know, if I could, if, if I was 18, 19 years old right now, and I saw me, I'd be like, wow, it's possible. You know, it's possible to stay in Michigan and create, you know, you don't have to move to LA, you know, LA is beautiful. Hollywood's amazing. Um, but there's so many other ways to, to, you know, to, to do and follow this passion of creativity. You can do it from home, you know, and we want to show that. So I think, you know, in, in the macro of what Black Pigeon is, it is this idea of bridging the gap between LA and, and Michigan in general, and specifically right now, uh, Grand Rapids with our Grand Rapids location. Which is incredible. That's amazing. And I, the best part I love about that is like for you, you knew that where you wanted to be and the creative work that you wanted to do. And you still, it still took you to LA and all these different places to where you want to go. But for some people, it might be the stopping ground, right? If they don't have something yeah. like black pigeon studios in the area with the community around it, with the support system, they may never choose to go down that journey. Uh, or what most of us do is experience it later, right? If it's really, truly part of our blueprint, we, we hit it like at age 30 when we should have hit it. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, and I think, you know, also there's a, um, I, I kept finding that it was like, everybody waits. I don't want to generalize everybody, but you know, I just felt like a lot of people waited, you know, you wait to build these foundations, you wait to build these, um, resources until after you've quote unquote made it, you know, you made this career for yourself. What would happen if a group of individuals got together and grew with, you know, what they were building, you know, you start that nonprofit early, you know, you start that brick and mortar resource early, you know, you start pouring into your community early, you know, I haven't made it, you know, I, I'm still on my journey, you know, I haven't, I'm, I'm still very early. I'm in the infancy of my career is what I feel like. I feel, you know, I just did my, you know, with my co-director, we just did our first short film and this was, uh, you know, a year and a half ago, you know? And so on the scale of being a director, we are still, you know, bottom floor. But to me, the value that I get of being able to experience what's happening at that studio constantly every single day is giving me life. You know, it's giving me kind of, you know, it's kind of repairing me and in, in some of the things that happens out here in LA where you start to lose focus of maybe, you know, why you fell in love with what you did or, uh, you know, it's a daily reminder of maybe what I'm doing and why I'm doing it, you know, because there's a living, breathing space that's, you know, a, a hub for creators right now. And it's, and it's happening, um, which still blows my mind. So, you know, success or not, the thing that we did is we showed that it was possible. And, uh, and that's, that's really my real message is, is that I hope people walk away knowing, even if they don't utilize that studio, just knowing that what I wanted to, to really provide to my guys, my tribe, right, is that Grand Rapids will always hold in a special place in my heart and that I really, really do love the community and, and that I want it. I wanted to always bring in that 18, 19 year old me that was vulnerable, full of fear, didn't know where to go and just wanted help, you know, and just wanted to find out where to go. Even though I knew where I was going to go, I didn't know where to make that first step towards, you know, because school just wasn't it for me, you know. So all in all, having Black Pigeon Studios to me is just 
it's, it's become a part of my foundation. You know, it's become a part of who I am and I wear it. You know, I got it right here. I wear, I wear it every day and I wear it with pride because I, I love what we're doing. And, and like I said, success or not, it's there, you know, it's, and you can't stop it. it it's going to be what it's going to be. It's going to, it's every day it's changing. It's so, it's so cool to give you an example. We had some people in there shooting, right. And uh, they were, they were filming this, um, this basketball commercial and, and, uh, and, so they were intermingling with each other, right? All of, um, you know, my crew and their crew because they rented the space, but my crew was there because they were, um, you know, they're, you know, part of Black Pigeon. And so while they're there working simultaneously, there, there was like this networking thing going on. And before you know it, they came up with ideas of how to make the studio better and how to add different facets and features to it so that we could have creators, you know, other creators come in. And so it's just turning into this, again, living and breathing thing that, um, that I love. I love because it, it gets me excited maybe in the times that are maybe not so exciting. Yeah. Well, and earlier too, you said like you went heart first, head first <laughs> into building. Yep. Right? Yep. And that's mostly how it happens. Like you have to take that mm -hmm. jump because nobody, you don't really know what the plan's going to be. And like you said, it's still growing. It's still morphing into to what you want it to be. So that's incredible. Well, thanks a lot for, for joining us today, Josh. Is there, is there anything, any last parting message you'd like to share with, with anybody out there that's really either struggling in the creative work that they're doing today, or even just looking to get started? Like they know that they're really not on the right uh, path that they need to be. They feel that they feel like there's something they should be doing, but they're not sure how to get started. What's one thing that you could share with them to just get their foot in the door and, and start to do something? Um, the one thing is don't limit your, the, the biggest thing I learned was to not limit, um, <clears throat> not limit the opportunities that I would take on, you know, to not uh, say no, you know, to just literally dive in because you never know where it'll take you. And so if you're, you know, if you're confused, if you're at a, um, Kind of a crossing point where you don't know where, wow, I mean, this is, you know, being a PA on this job isn't what I want right now. It's not even paying anything, but is it going to lead you into a million other opportunities? Well, if you don't take that leap, you don't know, you know, you won't find out. So I think just tackling anything and everything you can in staying creative, um, shooting every day, whether you get out and just go for a run and on the way on the run, you just, you know, you're grabbing some, you know, photos to stay creative, just anything to get out there and just keep your mind fresh and sharp. Um, I think that's, you know, and, and, you know, leading with, with faith and kind, kindness in your heart. I think that has done more for me than, than uh, any of this, you know, success will, will ever take me. So it's being a good person, you know, at, at the, at the, at the bare bones. So, but yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I, I really appreciate it. Of course, man. I love, I love the love and kindness piece. I mean, that's really what fills the soul. Right. And so that's, that's beautiful. Well, awesome, man. Well, thanks again for joining us. I want to just uh, mention here at the end for our listeners, we talked a little bit about creative journaling. I have a journal here. Um, you won't be able to see it on the screen, uh, but for the podcast listeners, it's called the cosmic journal by Yannick Silver. Uh, Yannick is a very uh, creative uh, daft doodler. Uh, entrepreneur, but he helps people with journaling. And so it, within the journal, uh, he's got creative thought processes and everything to kind of get you going. It's a little bit fun. 
it's something that's helped me. Um, I've always enjoyed writing, but when we get into a creative space or a roadblock, uh, sometimes we feel like, you know, complacency is a lot better for us on our day. And so this kind of helps break that uh, complacency. So I wanted to share that resource with you. I will provide the links to how you can follow Josh and his work, um, most notably on Instagram uh, and or Facebook. Uh, but I'll make sure that we share those links with you so you can connect with Josh and follow him along his journey. So thanks again, Josh, for joining us. And uh, I hope to see you soon, man. Thank you. Take care. Yeah.